you wouldn't have to work for 40 years of your life if you invested that you could work for 20 years and retire on one heck of a retirement because it would be growing exponentially and you'd have had a 20 year head start. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Eric Wolwin. Eric is has been a full-time real estate, or real estate investor for over two decades. Uh, he's re- repositioned over a thousand units, including single and multifamily residential properties, as well as multiple types of commercial properties, and he still controls hundreds of these. Um, I want to stop there because first, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for coming on the show today, taking the time out to come speak with me and, and uh, you know, sort of in return with, with my listeners. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. And judging by everything I see in your background, it looks like we'll be talking a lot more about our children and how they're getting into business <laughs> than the handful of things I've done in the past. Yeah, well, Yes, I, as I said before we started recording, I'm I'm very very interested to hear you know kind of your ideas on how to uh, pass these things along you know generally generationally. But but first, I do want to start. Please please tell us your background, your story, kind of what got you started in real estate. You know, kind of a little bit about your journey, and, and definitely we'll we'll you know touch on kids. But I, I want to know you know sort of give give people the idea of of where you've been. Absolutely. I have been all over. I was in the army for 13 years. I was certain I was going to be a doctor and that didn't pan out right before I started medical school. I bounced around to three different jobs. I taught anatomy and physiology, got activated right after 9-11. And when I left that deployment, I decided I am never getting another job again. And I had read a bunch of books on how to buy houses I bought my first rental towards the end of that, and then two years later, I was financially free. I had closed over 20 properties, well, 20 units, and I was living off. They were enough to pay all of me and my wife's bills. So I just decided that, uh, well, I actually tried to retire. That lasted about three weeks before my wife kicked me out of the house, and I realized you can't really retire when you're 30. It's just a way to... As Mark says, retire. You put the new tires on and you go in a different direction. Yeah. So I decided to start focusing on what was important in my life. And when we had children, they suddenly became the most important thing. And just creating more wealth. People ask all the time, well, how much is enough? Why do you keep buying? I was right before I uh, closed up my desktop to talk to you i was evaluating 50 more single family homes in a portfolio i might buy i just it's so easy you've got to do something with your life and once you figure out the system it's just a matter of the more i buy the more people i can hire 
they seem to really like it. They have parties at work and bring in food and they bring their cousins and friends into work there. So I guess it's a good enough workplace. <laughs> and the kids, they're loving it. They get to go travel around and speaking and they buy their own properties without my money. And then the more money we make, the bigger the business gets, the more people we can help, the more people that live around us have homes to live in. And that gives us more money to invest, which just gives us more money and free time because we had hire more people to do the work. So it gives me more family time. And, you know, the more we do of any one thing, it gives you more. I don't have the problem where I have to try and balance family and work. Everything works together. Everything's integrated. And the more business we do, the more free time I have. Because I just hire higher quality people. I pay them more. And then we go on vacation longer next time. Yeah. It it's it's such a I mean, you, you say it make it you make it sound simple, and, and it is simple. It's not easy. It is very simple. It is yeah. terribly difficult. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. To get to that, and I, you know, you, you wrap that all up in a in a you know one minute um nutshell but but i think i'm sure there's a lot of hard work and things like that have gone into it and we'll talk about some of the you know steps along the way but but really at the end of the day i think you know that scenario that you just described is is what most of us as entrepreneurs and in the real estate space like that's what we want we want time freedom we want financial freedom we want you know sort of legacy if, if we we have children our family you know something something to kind of pass on to them and and not meaning that in the sense of just a pile of money meaning that in the sense of you know sort of the education and the um, resources to do whatever they want because they know how to invest their money and, and sort of <laughs> free up everything else so I think that's it's it's a great picture of of you know we we, we talk so much about on the show of like we're looking for this this level of freedom and, and what you just described is exactly it. And you're impacting your employees and all of, I mean, it's just such a big, um, a big, big picture type of view. That is important. In fact, that's the first chapter in my book, the big picture. Uh, okay. You've got to step back and see why. And once you know your why, then you'll have the drive. Let me tell you where we were 23 years ago. My new wife and I were sleeping on a mattress on a warehouse floor. We had both just graduated from college. We were dead broke. And I'm losing jobs. And we decided we we're going to trudge through this. So she had to drive down the street to go to the bathroom. We had one four-inch pipe that stuck up and no running water. I soldered the shutoff valve onto the three-quarter-inch copper that came out of the dirt. And we plumbed it, we ran the electric, we built that and turned that warehouse into a home. And we slept there for about six months. It gets cold in Ohio. Yeah. And in yeah. December, Christmas Eve, I came home. At that time, I was working second shift in the ER as a medic. <laughs> and I came home about 2 a.m. I wired in the furnace for the first time. So Christmas Day, we got to sleep back in what became our bedroom rather than laying on a mattress in front of where the stove was going to go, because that's where I had the ventless gas heater hooked up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, then, it... uh, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So if you want to go through that and a look at, would you stick with your spouse when they were going through that? 
and we both discussed it and decided, yes, this is what we want to do. And the lessons that we learned doing that old warehouse and turning it into our home allowed us to rehab more than a thousand other properties since then. There was also the time where I worked for 500 plus days straight, our birthdays, Christmas, Easter, everything. And working, I mean, we didn't work an hour. We put in eight to 12 hours a day. When we were only working eight or 10, we used to joke and call it a half a day. And we tried to get at least one or two half days a week. And that's what we did. And to justify that, I figured, all right, if you work 40 hours a week for 50 weeks a year and you barely have enough money, what if you could work 80 hours a week and you saved, you just you spent every penny you made in the first 40 and the next 80, you saved every single penny of it and invested it. You wouldn't have to work for 40 years of your life if you invested that you could work for 20 years and retire on one heck of a retirement because it would be growing exponentially and you'd have had a 20 year head start. So I thought about that and I thought, well, if I could just buy 10 properties, I did not understand math at the time, by the way. If I could just buy 10 houses and rent them, for you know, six fifty a month, let's call that six thousand dollars a year, or excuse me, six thousand dollars a month, because you know there's got to be some expenses. Uh, then I could live on that, and then I realized, oh yeah, six isn't going to cut it. There's a lot more than fifty dollars in expenses for every house you own, right. so you know twelve maybe fifteen, and I bought them all. And remember, I'm twenty nine at the time. Uh, 29 and 30, right before I turned 31 is when we hit 20 units. And I thought if I could pay all these off in the next 15 years, I'll be roughly 45. My wife will be 43. What an awesome time to have enough money coming in that we can comfortably live and never worry about bills again. And that was, that was where we started just trying. I thought I was going to buy one every quarter. Actually, I didn't know what I was going to do. I bought one or two and I thought, oh, well, I could do one every three months pretty easily. And then I was doing one every two months and one every month. The next thing you know, I'm buying multiple at a time. So once you get the first few done, they're always, the first 10 are miserable. They're really difficult. Just trudge through it. Uh, you're going to have to. And it, that is when you learn where to get money. And it's not from the bank and it's not putting 20% down. That's where you learn some of the problems and how to overcome them. Yep. And by the time you do 10, life gets a whole lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I love kind of how you, you started with all the, you know, sort of amazing things that you have now. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people will listen to that and they're like, yes, that's what I want. That's yes, what I want. I want that. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And then you tell them the sacrifices that you have to make to get to that point and that's where most people shut off. That's where that's where it ends for for most people. That's why, uh, you know, the 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 majority of people sort of live, uh, I guess the the normal life, right? You you know your your forty hour work week for forty plus years, um, and and it's just it's a once you it's it's funny because people I think hear that you know kind of the the, the sacrifice part and they're like oh no I I, I want to 
I don't want to sacrifice, you know, my time now. I want to enjoy my time now, or I don't want to, you know, save all my money and invest it now. It, things like that. It's just it's really short sighted, and and when you get a taste of what that sort of little bit of delayed gratification can do for you, then it just becomes, you know, as you said, you, you retired for three weeks. Like, then it's just like, well, what am I? why would I stop doing this? Right. Like once you put the systems in place, once you realize the power, now it just becomes bigger than yourself, bigger than your family. Now you can impact an infinite amount of people, you know, with that, with that growth. And so um, I, I, I really do like the way you kind of laid it out in the two parts. It's, and, and as you said, it's, it's simple. It's a simple recipe, but it's not easy at all. And it's it's just and there are stages and mm-hmm. talk to everybody at the barbershop or the beauty shop, if that's where you go. And you will see that, oh, this is horrible. Tennis, trash and toilets. Well, everybody that tells that first off, they probably didn't own it. It was their dad or their uncle or their friend. Right. And if they did own it, they didn't want to own it. They inherited it. They bought a new house for a job transfer, or a bigger house, and they couldn't sell the old one and had to rent it out. It wasn't by choice. Yeah. And the ones that did get into it by choice, they own two duplexes. It is incredibly rare to talk to somebody that owned more than 10 units that tells you nothing but the bad things. And you oh, right, get right. to realize, yes, these things are going to happen. And if you own a duplex and a tenant trashes the inside, not only are they going to move out, but the neighbor's probably going to move out too because of the cockroaches and bed bugs. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen that often. People right. are just like us. I was a tenant. Most of us are either were tenants at one time or will be if they're still living with mom and dad. Yep. But I didn't own a home when I was in college. I lived with my parents and then I rented an apartment in the army. I was in the barracks and then rented a house. And rent an apartment in college. So we're all tenants at some time in our life. Just find the good people. 90% yeah. of them are very good. And will you have problems? Of course you'll have problems. There's problems with everything. But I don't think it's a sacrifice working the long hours when I need to. Even if I'm putting in 60 hours a week, I can absolutely schedule the two hours for my kid's ball game or dance recital or kung fu tournament whatever it is that they're in i have never ever missed one if i need to pick them up or drop them off at practice i'm there always i don't ever ask somebody for time off because i can go where i want when i want and then i might work until midnight to make up for it but i'll do it after they go to sleep because we sat around and played some games yeah yeah it's that's it right there. You just, I mean, I knew, I, <laughs> I knew we'd be talking about, you know, sort of the kids aspect of this, but it, that's it. When, when I, when I talk about it, you know, with, with people and it's like, I don't, I don't, re- I'm not trying to necessarily work less hours. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I worked a lot before I had kids and I don't, I don't dislike that. Like I, I enjoy work. It, it makes me feel you get fulfilled. A accomplishment. Right. Yeah. Yes. If you're fulfilled accomplishment, you're, you've growth. If, if you're learning new things, I mean, there's, there's so much to that, but what I realized was I needed to be in control of, you know, when and where that time was, where it went. And it's like, just like you said, like you don't miss the events with the kids and I don't, I don't have a problem like not watching TV 
<laughs> if that well, that's means, easy to give up yes. right that's an easy thing to give up like just not watching tv not playing video games whatever it is like that stuff's easy to to not do so that i can spend time playing with my kids and then after they go to bed instead of plopping down and watching tv then i do the work that i i need to get done if 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 there is like it's just if it, there's something that needs done you do what you got to do right right yeah and it's it's you it's just the more I get into it, the more I realize like the most valuable thing is, is time. It's not even the money. It's just the money makes time uh, or puts you in control of your time. That that's really what it, it comes down to. And and it's, and it's not like, <laughs> it's not even necessarily the money. It's the working for yourself, being entrepreneurial, make, you know, not being at the mercy of someone else's uh, time clock because you, you know, you, especially as early on in, in real estate or entrepreneurship, you might not make as much money as you could potentially in a W2, but then the the ability to grow is infinite. So it's just kind of that, it's again, goes back to that, the early sacrifices. That's it. You have 168 hours in a week. And most people think that if they get one more degree or one more promotion, or they're always waiting for one more thing, and they wake up and realize, I just donated 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year for 40 years of my life. And now I get to retire on half as much as I brought in when I was working. And I don't see that as a good formula. I It didn't make sense to me as a child. Just like when my dad, I grew up in the 80s. And he's telling me, save, invest for the long term. And what that means is just give all your money to a stockbroker and hope they don't screw it up. And, you know, my brother grew up to be the stockbroker. And for some people, that's wonderful. That's just not what I do. It doesn't make any sense to me to save and pay off your debts. They're loaning me money at a couple percent below what the value of my properties are going up. So I went out in the last couple of years and drew more than $5 million out of our properties and dramatically expanded the companies. I bought a lot more properties. And they're basically paying me. I'm arbitraging the interest against the increase in value. Rents are going up higher. And my biggest payment is the mortgage payment. It's locked in. It's set in stone. It won't go up. So why wouldn't we buy more assets to pass on to the next? I'm looking at five generations from now. I want to create a sustainable wealth fund that can perpetually give to charities and stuff and absolutely handle five generations of my offspring that prove to me they don't need it. The guy that goes out and just needs the money will not get anything. If one of my children, now they're both incredibly successful on their own and they're only teenagers and they are proving that they are worthy. But I told the one, we started a new business and that's where writing books and speaking and the 16 year old is doing a lot of speaking with me He's on podcast all the time. He's been on huge stages all across the U S and the little one says, well, you know, I want to do the, whatever I said, that's great. I keep telling you to speak. You've got to get better, get on a whole bunch of these little podcasts before you get on the one with more than a million people, just because you're a whirlwind doesn't mean that you're part of my family and get to take this. You you were born in here, but you have to earn the right to call yourself Woolwent and have the luxuries that we get. Yeah. And he is 
and he, I mean, he's not a slacker. He owns 39 rentals at 13 years old without any of my money. And he, like everyone else, would rather bounce around and play and stuff at times. I said, it's hard. You got this real estate thing mastered. By the time I walk out of here, he will already pick out the best properties out of that 50-unit portfolio and say, Dad, I called dibs on these. I want them. <laughs> and he's excellent at that. He just needs to practice speaking. My son just bought a truck. He can close a house and no problem. He can write the mortgage, the deed, the promissory note, negotiate it with the sellers and the lenders and handle everything on his own. And he was freaking out buying a truck because he has never done that before. Now, most of the listeners would say, are you kidding me? It's so easy to buy a pickup. You know, you just walk into the dealership, they do everything. How do you negotiate owner financing when you're 16? But he's done that. That's what he's comfortable with. And if you want to get more than you have today, you just simply need to find a way to do things that are uncomfortable. And once you do them a few times, they'll become a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely true. I wanted to just point something out there. You know, you talked about sort of pulling money out of your properties uh, to invest in your business. And it's a thing that uh, is is very common in the business world. You know, even large businesses, they'll take uh, they'll take a loan against the business and and use that money to grow or invest. And what what I think people probably don't uh, some people might not realize is that's tax free money, right? That's yes. not that's not income. So that does you so you get to take that money out of your properties and use it for whatever you want. And you're not, it's not like you're taking five minute five million out and then paying, you know, three million in taxes or four million in taxes. Like you're you're actually able to use that money uh in in whatever way you want. So it's it's a, a, another one of those sort of important strategies that goes along with real estate investing that that um I think sometimes people just don't don't realize the power that's there. If I may say something, I'll try not to get too numbersy and technical, but if you make $100,000 a year, they tell you you're going to make a hundred grand a year, but they only pay you sixty or 70000 because they take right. the first 30% off, right? If my business makes $100,000 and I declare that as income, then I have to pay taxes on it. If I take that hundred grand and reinvest it, I borrow another 400000 I just bought a half million dollars worth of real estate. Just the write-offs, the phantom write-offs, I'm not actually paying it, just the depreciation mm -hmm. from that allows me to draw an extra 100000 out of it and not pay a penny in taxes. So eventually it will catch up with you or you depreciate everything down to nothing, let your kids inherit it. And they inherited a stepped up basis and can sell it with no capital gains taxes, or they can do the same thing you did and live for the next 30 years depreciating stuff down and not paying income tax. Yep. So there's just so many incredible benefits to running a business that you don't get as a W-2 employee. Right, right. No, exactly true. Um, let, let's talk about, you know, kind of what you did bringing your kids into the business when you started teaching them concepts, like maybe walk us through what your plan was with them, what, you, what you've done. I, th I think you said one is 16 and one is 13. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. So what, um, at what point did you start, you know, I, I think there's obviously 
different levels, right? There's exposure, come to the properties with us, see what, see what, you know, we see, but then, you know, when did you start to really kind of ramp that up? I didn't, it was a hundred percent inclusion from the day they were born. Uh, that we have a picture. I closed on an eight unit and they laid the paperwork on top of my child. And, you know, he's making a fist like this. He's got his Right. Clear sky pen in his hand because that's the name of our company. Yeah, and that's all they can do at two weeks old. And people see this like, oh, that's so cute. He was at closing. Is that grandma? I said, no, that's my realtor. I think he spends more time with her. <laughs> and then the contractors got behind working on that, and I was trying to get away from working on my own properties. And so. I went in, they're massively behind, and I don't have anything. I've collected $350 a month in rent from one little storefront in an eight-unit building. That doesn't even come close to paying the mortgage, let alone any other bills. Right. So we have got to get these other apartments fixed up. So my wife and I went in, and we'd work on work on the business three to four days a week. And then the other three days, normally Thursday through Sunday or Friday through Sunday, whatever, we would be working and she did, I did electrical and drywall. She would finish up if there was little bits of plumbing and do all the painting. And then we'd hire people to come in and clean it the next week and put in the carpet and haul in the appliances. And we'd have another one rented. And this whole time he's just a few months old. So he's in a pack and play. He got to the point that he slept better with the compressor running than without. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, soothing noise in the background <laughs> yeah and then every wednesday well back then it was a wednesday morning breakfast i had now we have a wednesday evening dinner so every week of their lives that we were in the state of ohio we would have this dinner and teach other people how to do what we were doing and we just carried them in in a car carrier and nobody said anything because i was in charge and i was the one bringing the kids then i encouraged them to bring their kids and now we have had record turnouts. We've spoken in Nashville and all across North Carolina and we're out other side of the Rockies. And almost everybody says you draw in more people than anybody else since COVID. This is our biggest audience. Well, it's really easy when you say, Hey, bring all your kids. Cause then the spouse comes and the kids come and my wife and teenagers split off. And say, so, yeah, and if they're mature enough to sit there, we don't care how old they are. Normally seven or eight, but we've had four-year-olds in there that were just a blast to have in the class. And we teach them the basics that I think every parent, whether you send your kids to school or not, should be teaching them at home. You are, let me rephrase that. You absolutely are teaching your children at home. And if they are learning to sit there and eat Cheetos and sit on the couch all night, it's because that's what you're doing and that's what they see. If you want them to be a baseball star, you go out and throw a ball to them. If you want to be great at basketball, somehow I'm guessing LeBron James played a lot of basketball in the backyard with his kid. Yeah, sure. Right? So this is what I do, and we found ways to make it fun. Ethan learned the sidekick in karate. He loved it. And what does every seven-year-old boy want to do? He wants to practice this and destroying things as an added bonus. So we had a, he actually had bought a six unit and there was, because there was a big water leak, multiple water lines broke, 
two units were trashed. The guy quit paying the mortgage and he convinced the two lenders that hadn't been getting payments anyways to let him take over. And I, he was seven. So I had a little bit to do with that. Yeah. Uh, I, but I imagine the lender probably, the probably lender, said that had to be a part of that had to be a little bit a part of that one. Yeah. Dad, dad was a little bit, he's a lot more. I was a lot more a part of that for the first couple of years and really you were you would be amazed at how much they did even at the beginning mm -hmm. and the longer they did it they walked in they knew what they were talking about sometimes a lot better than the seller that was an accidental landlord and they'd come in put them at ease and i just sat back and smiled and said can he really do this yes sir he can would you like references <laughs> and that was it but we uh we took him in and he got to kick down the wet drywall in his own apartment building and just had a blast that day. Yeah. That's so, uh, yeah. Let's do the fun demo. stuff. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, I had friends that made their teenage daughters drive around and collect rent. And they wondered why two of their three kids wanted nothing to do with it. So many people I meet at the different real estate groups say, how did you get your kids to do this? Mine all hate it. And after they listened to us talk for an hour, they're like, you're right. I did exactly what you said not to do. I would, one guy comes in, he's so proud. He's like, my daughter can do anything. And the daughters and the other, I was like, you make her, can she sand drywall? Oh yeah. She's great at sanding drywall. I said, I hate sanding drywall. Why would you make her do that? <laughs> and <laughs> he would, Hey, I bet you she can spray for cockroaches and stuff too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was like, I don't even, I don't, I don't know what to use. I just call an exterminator. Why would you make her do that? Right, right. And uh, she came back in all pumped up over real estate. He's like, I thought she hated this. And actually, I think she called or one of the parents called my wife a couple of weeks later. Said, yeah, I thought my daughter hated this and never wanted anything to do with it. As it turns out, she just doesn't like real estate the way we do it. She doesn't like what her dad makes her do. Said, imagine that. And it's not that they don't, you have to show them the bad parts, but you don't have to make it all about the bad parts. Let them see the fun parts too and talk about this is the benefit. If you look at all this money we get, look at all this time we get to go on vacation. And while we're gone for a week, I'm still being paid. So you can spend extra time playing games and we'll buy you prizes and presents and whatever. Right. Yeah. And uh, you don't worry about things like that when you can count on your managers and contractors back home to do the job for you. Just hire good people. Yeah. So yeah, we go ahead. They, they, yeah, they have been involved at some level all the way through and they have seen every aspect of every business Devin started by putting on a little suit maybe five or six years old and going in and i taught him how to file how hard it is to read numbers and he'd stick all the stuff on the right file and i said lila how'd that go over what the adults at work think that you brought your child they're like they're asking when is he coming back <laughs> nobody likes to file the keys we have hundreds of keys from all these apartments yeah. and when somebody turns them in they throw them in a bucket and he has to get them in the right place in the key box and he's like okay we got him a step stool he went in and did it for an hour or two and they're like you mean i don't have to do the keys uh and then the bookkeeper yells hey can you run this over to app processing let him know the app fees in and app processing says 
hey, this one's finished. Take it out at the reception and start a call and set up a lease signing. And nobody has to stand up. They can get twice as much done because they're not walking around yeah. when they have a kid as a messenger running back and forth. <laughs> they loved it. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's like just also a great, um, you know, environment, great, great workplace um, sort of enjoyment. But it, I guess it's 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 interesting. I mean, two two things there. I think that I really it even like struck me. One, you know, I think the constant exposure being around it, even at a young age, is is certainly going to have an impact. But two, you know, your point about you know that 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 man's daughter, you know, sort of not liking like nobody likes to do drywall. Nobody likes to nobody likes to sand right. drywall. That's like the worst job job you can have. And it's interesting because in my head, I have, you know, I've thought, oh, when my kids get old enough, you know, maybe we'll flip some houses locally just to teach them how to do things there. But, but you're right. The better, the better skill, the better option is the ne not necessarily that they have to learn how to do all of the little, uh, you know, sort of manual labor tasks, more teaching them project management and timelines and, you know, sort of the, the, the transaction but processes and things like that. Make them show up every week and see. And right. so they can see the difference. My wife did a lot of the painting at the beginning and she decided we're going to huge commercial, not huge, maybe 1200 square feet. Mm -hmm. oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Dev <clears throat> Devin was about two years old. She took him in, put him in old clothes, sat him on the floor with a gallon of paint and a paintbrush. He painted for hours while she got most of the, you know, a couple of walls done. Yeah. He had a section this big done. And most of the paint was on him and the floor. <laughs> but we're going to yeah. put in all new flooring. Right. And right. we're just priming it white. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? He had so much fun and couldn't wait to go to work with mommy again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, making it the fun, you know, it's not it's not just about just putting them to work, right? It's it's mm -hmm. it's about that kind of exposure and and you know, something that something that I mean I'm still trying to learn, but like something that I didn't learn for a long time is is what is the best use of my time. I very, very much have had a you know DIY mindset and and for a lot of years, it served me well. I, I needed to do that. I didn't have the money, you know, so it, I learned a lot of skills that way. But it, but then at some point, it it actually starts to be what inhibits you because you're, you're like, well, I can do that. I should do that. It saves me a little bit. But it's like you're not thinking about actually the time it's costing you to do something that you could hire someone else to do. And I think that, you know, the the point here that that you're bringing up is is a great one in that teach the kids that right? These are the things that need to happen, but you don't necessarily need to be the one to do all of the drywall, to do all of the tiling, to do, you know, all of the painting might be fun. If you, if you come up with those fun scenarios, sure, let's paint, let's do some painting together, like that kind of thing. But, but yeah, I think it's, it's a, uh, an important lesson for kids, but also for, <laughs> for us parents who want our kids involved, but not necessarily knowing what's the best way to, to get them involved. My dad was a dentist and he wanted to do everything. And he had one rental apartment directly above his office. And he rented it to somebody, uh, 
female that wore spiky high heels. And she dropped cigarettes on the linoleum in the kitchen. And there were all these burn marks from cigarettes and all these little teeny holes from her spiky high heels. And what dad saw was he went in and saved a couple of hundred dollars. And I'm a little child. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm six, eight, ten. I guess my kids would have known by then, but I didn't. Most kids what would know. What does not a dentist make? You think yeah. doctors make a lot of money, right? A dentist right. has got to make a decent amount of money. And we're saving a couple hundred dollars and it might not even have been that much back then in the 80s to rip out this small kitchen of linoleum and put it in. And he yelled and cussed and was miserable. And he saw he got to spend a day with this kid and saved a couple hundred bucks. And why would I pay somebody to do something I can do? And all I saw was, why would you spend four hours doing something you're not good at, you hate doing, and not just <laughs> yeah. see one or two more patients in an air-conditioned office? Because, right. you know, doing it your way, you ruined my Saturday. I could have been out playing with dad. And I don't think I learned anything other than maybe it did help me in my life. I learned not to do that all the time. And right. I, too, had to start out. Many of us started out broke and feel that we need to do the work. And if you want to be a rehabber, I mean, that, that's a great way to start. Yep. It also keeps you stuck there. And as soon as you make the decision, the odds are if you keep going that way, you're going to own 30 to 50 rentals. You'll never get any bigger than that. Maybe you can do a lot of flips or whatever, but it's just one at a time. Mm-hmm. You're never going to have 20 projects going on like I do. You are never going to be able to manage a thousand units like we have because you have to be there and do everything. And then you'll never trust anybody. And then your kids will grow up and one or two of them will take over your business. And if they can't find, they won't believe they can hire people. This is literally the conversation I had with one of my mentors earlier this week. He is still trying. He's mid sixties. And he doesn't trust anybody but his son to run the business. And his son can't find anybody to hire, just like he couldn't find anybody to hire 20 years ago. And it'll never change. So just let go now. Nobody's going to care as much as you. Great. Get over it. Nobody's going to be as good as you. Get over it. Nobody's going to be as efficient. Uh, Actually, I will argue about that. Just hire an electrician to do electrical and not plumbing. Hire a plumber to do the plumbing. Hire the drywall. And if you are a good enough manager and get them in at the right time, they can get a job done massively faster than you can. And time is money. That's, that's the essence of what I teach my children. Yeah. Is, is there a, something that you've done kind of as they've grown, you know, they're, they're, as they've gotten older, what, have you had a process of, you know, sort of adding more to their plate? How have you, guided them through, you know, through this, I, I know you said it started at, you know, six and seven years old and they were always around it, but how have you guided their growth in, in, in the real estate space? I've never told them no. I, uh, you want to do something great, do it. Well, how do I do it, dad? So I would start by going like this. I really don't ever tell them how to do it. If it is a basic mundane task, I say, 
follow the system. You know, I'm not going to sit there and teach you. If I hired you, then I would hand you a book and say, read this section of it and then come to me and ask me questions. And that's the same thing I did with them. And then Devin got better and better at this. And he was 14 and going into the office every week. And then 15, he's there a little bit more often. And he starts rewriting the systems and making them better. And just before he turned 16 years old, he took over as COO of a real estate brokerage with tens of millions of dollars in real estate. And in the last few months, he has cut our vacancy rate in half. We're getting turnovers done more than twice as fast. And he has a happier staff than I've ever seen. Uh, and yes, he absolutely, he is the highest ranked person in there. I stick my head in and talk maybe a half an hour a week. I normally try and go in and I check out the stats and I have everything on my board at home and it turns red if it's past due. And I just, I flip on the computer wherever I am. I look at the board and in five, 10 minutes every morning, I know exactly the health of all the rental properties in the real estate brokerage. And if there's something that sticks out, I say, hey, Devin, what are you going to do about this? This is two days old. Should have been handled yesterday. And virtually every time he says, oh, yeah, I left a message for Bill waiting to hear back, but that should be corrected first thing this morning. Amazing. So, I'm sure that they I'm can sure learn that anything. You, yeah, makes you a proud dad, too. I'm sure that's uh, just uh, the the ability to sort of have them part of of you know, home and work life, uh, I think would just be really that kind of ideal situation, you know, and again, not necessarily forcing them right. <laughs> into any of it, but just making it accessible, teaching them, you know, the, the benefits and why it works for you and why, you know, where that, why their life is the way that it is, is because of the, you know, the work that you put in and, and this is what, you know, the, 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 I guess, systems and things like that, that you've come to. And then, and then that's amazing that your son was able to even you know sort of improve upon what was already in place. So that's 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 sort of next level, you know, what you're looking for is like, okay, come in, don't don't just come in and, and do exactly what I did. Take it and, and improve make it better. It. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. We are in an ever-changing world. And I was buying real estate. I got good at that in 2005. And in 2008, nothing worked anymore. Yep. You had to completely reinvent yourself after 07. And then in 29 and 10, things were wildly different. It was so cheap and everybody knew everybody knew real estate never goes down in value. And a few years later, everybody knew real estate's a terrible investment. And yep. you, you have to constantly reinvent yourself. And children are so much better at that than us. Yep. You and I have all these preconceived notions, everything that got us to where we are, they have 30 years less wrong beliefs than we have to get rid of. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's actually a lot harder. It's, it's true. It's, it's a lot harder to untrain someone's bad habits and give them, you know, sort of put them on the right path than it is to just start from, from a blank slate. And that's, you know, that basically that's what children are. If they're, and if you, you know, let out the the reins a little bit and let them have some uh, ability to to bring their own creativity to it. I mean, th then now they have 
<laughs> learning business and also being able to be passionate about it because it's actually you know within their grasp to have some some influence and some um you know kind of direction or vision as to to where that business goes absolutely and we used well think about what are your habits that your kids are picking up i have a good friend incredibly successful and he just did a podcast with his son and he's a big podcaster and they talked about football and this kid knows so much more about basically every sport than I ever will and the stats of the players and everything. And that's great that they have that in common, but I just, I don't want to waste my time watching a game. Think about if you watch a three hour football game one time a week and just, just that just one, that is the equivalent of a half an hour of reading every day or that three hours you could spend with your kids. And I have frequently told people that waste my time at work. If you walk into my office, I'm almost never there. Devin took over the office. But if you walk in when it was mine, the brass plaque is still there. My office staff bought me that says, skip the preamble. When you come in here, state your problem, what you think the solution is, and let's move on. I don't want to hear the sob story leading up to that or whose fault it is. I don't care whose fault it is. All I care is who's going to fix the problem so we can move on. And <clears throat> that is what they learned. When we drive, we listen to podcasts. Generally, you know, I, I love podcasts like yours where you're constantly learning and growing. One of them, it was Devin again. He was, oh two or three he couldn't possibly understand i was listening to atlas shrugged the full length book on uh on my phone and we would jump in the car he's like dad more john galt more john galt and you know he doesn't understand most of it but he just loved the story he was so used to hearing that he thought it was cool yeah it's yeah it, it's amazing what you know as you said you, you know they, well, they, they pick up, they pick up what you're teaching them, whether you want to or not, like you said, and, and it's, they pick up your habits, they, they say things that you say, they, they pick up your mannerisms. And it, it was funny, this is, I mean, he hasn't done it a lot, but there's been a time or two where my son, I mean, I, he couldn't have been more than like three. And he once he was like, said something about daddy, I'm, I'm going to buy real estate. And I like I hadn't even I hadn't said anything, at least I thought like I hadn't tried to bring him into it yet it was just probably just heard me talking to my wife about things and it's like he said that like spun around like I don't even think you awesome. know what that means but awesome like that's I love that I love that we'll you know someday we'll be we'll do this together we'll we'll do this you know we'll we'll, we'll make this uh we'll grow further you know together and and uh you know I do like I, that's why I mean <laughs> that's why all the questions about when when do I start but I but I think yeah the, the idea of just having them uh, be around it, be a part of it, you know, be exposed is, you know, super important just for at whatever age, just have them be involved. Think about it. They always pick up, just like you said, what they see you do and say, and then they copy that. Yeah. Well, my son walked in when he was five years old. He said, dad, I think it's time for me to start investing. And I was sitting right here in this chair. He's standing right beside me. I said, that is fantastic, child. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, every day of his life, I've told him, you can do anything. 
and I tell him I love you when you go to bed at night. I was like, I love you and dream about making the world a better place. And so he is going to make the world better. It's time for him to start investing. He says, like every other student out there. So what should I invest in? You know, tell me what stock to buy. Tell me whatever. Right. And I said, well, you should invest in what you know. And he thinks really hard. I don't really know anything except for Legos. I mean, what does a five-year-old know? He loves, yeah. he still loves Legos at right. 16. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I know 40-year-olds that love Legos. That's, I don't right? th- apparently that doesn't go away. <laughs> well, he loves the Legos. So I said, great, go find a way to make money with Legos. And I think, all right, that bought me a day or two. But how long is the attention span of a five-year-old? And I know him. He will not drop this. Yeah. He'll come back and want a hint. I need to be able to push him in the right direction. And I'll be darned if like two days later he came in, he says, I figured out how to make money in Legos. I said, really? <laughs> and he explained, and it's a pretty sound concept because yeah, dad, you always say buy low, sell high. Well, I'm just going to buy Legos and they're going to go up in value and then I'm going to sell them for more. I said, well, that that's a really great concept, son, but you have to understand there's market factors. And that means things don't always go up in value. He goes, Oh, no, but I found a way they will. He said, Lego retires a set after a while, and I think this set's going to be retired next. So we just have to buy it, and after they retire it, normally within the first few months, it doubles in value. And he had done all this market research. <laughs> market research. <laughs> and he's just sitting there circling stuff, and then he, I didn't even know. We wrote about it in our book, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that my wife told me she says yeah he's sitting there circling this stuff and he says mom they're gonna make this they're not gonna sell this anymore let me have another magazine or something i forget exactly how it went but he realized yeah they didn't sell this one and now i tried to buy it online but it costs twice as much and so he figured that out basically on his own talked to mom and then he went out and uh he got a learned how to get a partner and from that, he learned, don't pick the wrong partner, because he absolutely did. <laughs> and then he learned, you can sell stuff cheaper if you don't pay a professional to sell it for you. You don't have to pay the commission. And it takes a lot longer, and that can cost you way more in the long term. That was a very good lesson to learn. Yeah. But yeah, all these things off of a set of Legos when he was five years old. Yeah, I mean, and that was going <laughs> to... It's going to sort of make that point is like, how many people don't learn about, you know, forming a bad partnership until they're 30 or 40 or so, you know, and, and, and they're deep learning... into it and about to go bankrupt because right. they can't get out. Yes. Right. They're, they're not making those errors on, on Legos. They're making them on, you know, large, large real estate deals or businesses or things like that. And it's like to, to be able to learn those lessons at a young age on something that, you, you know, he he put a lot of thought into had had a sound theory you know makes sense I didn't didn't even know that about Legos like that's all of that is great but but those lessons learned in terms of you know sort of future life skills are so incredibly valuable to have that happen at a young age in a way that was probably really fun for him like it wasn't just you know someone shouting at him don't don't have partnerships don't you know you you can't yeah, get into business with that person no. right like it, yeah it's just and like somebody else says no you can't you need partners are great 
Now, some partners are really good and others are really bad. I've had both. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it, can, it can go either way for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, well, Eric, I, this is amazing. I don't, I don't want to keep you all day. Um, I do want to get to the point where we get to ask you the, the questions I ask every guest. Um, Before and, we do that. Oh, sure. And yes, I do. In 10 minutes, I have people showing up including three kids that I've never met before between four and seven. And we have two cash flow games set up. That is another incredible way that I learned everything I did. I practiced and played that game every week for more than a decade, every Friday night. And we are still training. We've got the kids cash flow for the really little ones that my children run. And then I have their parents playing with me and my wife. So we still do this. And there's another awesome way to get your kids involved. Play games like the cash flow game is a great way to do it. Yeah. And sorry, I just thought that was pertinent. To... No, no, definitely is. I, I think uh, that that's that's a game that I, probably my son's about about there. We could probably start to play that soon. Um, But question wise, so I, I don't want, again, I, I know you got to get out of here. I wanted to the first one. It's it's every guest I ask. What is your why uh, based on the name of the show being know your why? And I imagine uh, I probably know the answer to this or have a <laughs> have you an do. inkling of where this is going. But yeah, uh, I just want to give you a chance if there's anything else you want. Five to generations to. of wealth. I want my children looking back. I wanted to do was great for the world. I 13 years in the army. I thought being a teacher, being a doctor, all these things were good. I always tried to do what was better for the world. And then I realized <clears throat> I had to take care of myself. So first take care of yourself. And it wasn't until I became financially free that I really could give back massively more than I ever would have before. Yep. So yes, I want to teach my children to have that freedom and be able to make dramatic changes to make the world better that'll last for generations. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, tell us something about yourself that that maybe isn't common knowledge special skill, a hobby, uh, and just something to let listeners know you a little better. I have jumped out of over a thousand airplanes. Wow. And I'm an explosives expert. That was part of my. It's amazing. I, uh, I really want to jump out of a plane someday and still haven't, <laughs> still haven't done it. So, uh, you're, <laughs> you're thousands ahead of me, but, uh, I definitely, definitely on the bucket list. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out, what's the best way? Absolutely. Go to my website, clearskytrainer.com. We have a series of best-selling books. Family Success Triangle is all about what my wife and I did growing 18 different businesses while we were raising children. Both of my kids have non-fiction have fiction books for your kids, Garage and the Treehouse. And all this is linked on my website at Clear Sky Trainer. And if you don't want to read or whatever, we have podcasts like yours. I've got a dozen or so linked and definitely follow at Real Power Family on YouTube, Rumble, Instagram, whatever you look at, our handles at Real Power Family, and you'll hear all four of us giving you business insights and just showing you when we're flying around in our planes. And I let the 13-year-old fly and he's learning to land that uh, that should be some good videos later in the summer coming out. 
Yeah, that that's amazing. We'll check that out. And we'll put all that in the show notes too, so people can find you easily. Uh, my final question for you, Eric, is is what's what piece of advice, and I, I know you're doing this, so what piece of advice do you give to people that are uh, wanting to get started in real estate, you know, kind of get them, get them going and, and headed in the right direction? Quit procrastinating. Do it. I guarantee you're going to screw it up. You're going to mess up. You're going to fail. You're going to lose money, all these things. And if you just get up one more time, then you get knocked down. You're not in high school anymore. You, it doesn't matter. There's no A or F. There is just you do it until you succeed, and then you're not a failure. So just go out and take a chance. Get out of your comfort zone. Take action. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, I have learned a lot. I have, I'm sure the listeners have too, but I am excited to um, start start implementing this with my kids even more and, and uh, look forward to, to seeing... Um, seeing them follow in your your kids footsteps i think it, it's just such a it's such a cool thing to create that you know sort of family work business like all of that kind of going together so thank you so much for for coming and uh sharing your story thank you jason i appreciate you giving me the time and i just hope everybody out there with children spend more time with your kids no matter what you're doing they need us dads to be around yeah. so i love what you're doing with yours and Glad to be part of that in some small way. Thank you. And folks listening, I know you're going to love this episode. Please like, rate, and review so we can get more great guests like Eric. And thank you all for listening. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.